Jesus, guys. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you for the power of your blood, Jesus. Thank you for the power of the cross. You've set us free, Jesus. Oh, we, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Lamb of God, we thank you for the power of your blood, Jesus. Oh, you're worthy, Lamb of God. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Lamb of God, worthy is the Lamb who was slain from the foundations of the world to receive glory and honor and power and blessing and dominion forever and ever. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Jesus, you rule and you reign forever. High King of heaven, exalted above all the heavens, over all the earth. We worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power of your blood, Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. declared tonight the wonder, the wonder working power of your cross in our lives, how you've set us free, how you've made us holy. We couldn't earn it. We don't deserve it. There's nothing we could do to be good enough to gain access into your presence, to gain heaven, to gain forgiveness. You paid it all because we couldn't. out salvation with your own arm, your own hands. We know, Lord Jesus, that religion, practicing religion, is our feeble attempt from earth to reach heaven, to try to gain your favor. But you came to give us a relationship with you. You reached down from on high because we couldn't rescue ourselves. We couldn't reach you, but you reached us. Even when we weren't looking for you, you came looking for us. You went after the one. You left behind the 99 to rescue the one. You swept the house clean looking for that lost coin. You drew us to yourselves, to yourself with your loving kindness. You've won. You've won our hearts, Lord. Just tell them, you've won my heart, Jesus. My heart is yours. You can have it all, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we, we put all of our chips on the table and we push them right to the cross. We put everything, all of our merits, all of our, our attempts to be holy, to be righteous before you, we place it all 
at the foot of the cross. And we say, let your holiness, let your righteousness cover us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for taking us, for hiding us inside of you, that our lives could be hidden in Jesus. The Lord's inviting you tonight to hide yourself in him. He's your shelter. He's your strength. Hide underneath the shadow of his wings tonight. Run into the name of the Lord because the name of the Lord is like a strong tower and the righteous run unto it and are safe. We're safe in you, Jesus. this response in our worship by following with communion I just feel like this is the appropriate response we've declared so much tonight about his cross, his blood, but there's more there's so much more the the blood of Jesus sets us free, the blood of Jesus his broken body is healing for our bodies so I'm just going to go ahead and, and just ask everyone now just to come and grab your communion elements and take them back to your seat and just hold on to them and we're going to take communion together. So don't everybody rush at once. pretty much everyone in the room. So if you personally don't need healing in your body, 
I want you to look around at those who have their bread. Just lift up that bread high. If you need healing in your body, lift it up. Okay, well, I'm going to go to plan B then. Because I was going to have you just put your hand on your neighbor. So this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. I'm waiting for the download. I'm waiting for the direction, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Let's declare this together. By his stripes, I am healed. By your stripes, Lord Jesus, through your broken body, I am healed. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, tonight we give you praise. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. When you took your last breath, you said, it is finished. We believe that you took upon yourself our sin, our sickness, our bondage, our addictions, everything that was against us, that separated us from you, you took it upon yourself and you destroyed the power of death through your cross through your cross. So tonight we lift up this this bread, which is the body of Jesus. This is your broken body that we are remembering tonight. And we declare over that area of sickness, over every person in this room, we declare healing in the name of Jesus through the broken body of the Lamb of God. He was broken so that you could be healed. Just say that together. You were broken so that I could be made whole. I receive your healing tonight, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and take the breath. Need to get the salty one. who began a good work in us and you are faithful to complete that work. Tonight, Lord, we thank you for the power of your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Just declare this with me as you lift up the cup before the Lord. Just fix your eyes on him and declare this. King Jesus, By your blood, I have been made holy. By your blood, I have been set free. By your blood, I have been made clean. So tonight, Lord, we declare the cleansing power of your blood in every body here, in every body in this room that is battling or concerned about sickness, about disease, 
about cancer, about brokenness, even over our relationships, over our finances, over our future. We declare the power of your cross and the power of your blood that brings hope into our lives. That it's not just wishful thinking, but it's hope that that grabs hold of what is not seen and pulls that which is not seen into our reality. So tonight, by faith, we reach forth and we grab hold of hope tonight. The hope of healing in our bodies, the hope of freedom, the hope of, of supply, of everything we need. The Word of God says, My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. According to His riches and glory. In Ephesians 1 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, who has blessed us in the, heaven, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So Jesus, tonight we just reach into heaven through the blood, through the cross. We reach into that place where you are seated at the right hand of the Father and where we are seated with you in heavenly places. And we by faith pull into our reality the supply that we need. We grab hold of healing. We grab hold of provision. We grab hold of deliverance. And we declare through your cross, through your blood, we are made whole. We are healed. In Jesus' name. maybe just put them on a seat next to you if you have an open seat eventually I'll find them if they're on the floor when I'm here in the mornings and the daylight shining in I'm like boom there's a cup hey we're gonna shift gears in a moment here but I just want to make sure um, I want to I want to just not force a prophetic time if it but if somebody has a picture or a prophetic word to share, something that's a now word. Let me clarify. I'm not saying, I'm not asking you to pull something that you had earlier in the week or last week or a month ago or a year ago. Something that God gave you tonight for this evening's meeting, I want you to come up and I want you to share that before we move on. Even if it's just Barbara. Jesus is in the room. <laughs> Feel his presence and with him he brought so much joy and so much love. Lifted us up to the throne room. We are in the throne room. He's just pouring out. I just see like just floods of gentle water that just water, just golden, beautiful showers of water that is flowing over us, in us, through us, and it's getting flushed outside that door and into Bremerton, out in the community. It's just, it's a constant love. I, I feel at the same time like a heaviness, but there is a lightness. There's a lightness. I, I swear that I could just lift off the ground. It is just joy. It is the love of Jesus Christ. He is life.
by his word, by his love, and the, the, by through his pain that he saved us. That he saved us. He holds us in his hand. He is there for whatever we need. He is the most faithful one. Just, just this expanse of love. We're bringing us up to the next level. All the past is laid behind. We lay everything at his feet, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's just such a lightness of joy that is filling this room. Spirit softening those tense muscles, maybe in her in her situation, but also softening hardened areas of our hearts that we don't even know are hardened. But God, God will highlight those to you. Um, but I really felt like He was pouring out His oil for a softening, and I was reminded of like if you go and get a massage, like. They put that oil on their hands, they rub it together and get their hands real warm, and then they just start working through the tension and working out those knots and making the harder, stiffer joints and muscles, making them soft and pliable again. And so I felt like not only was that for our physical bodies, for those of us that need that desperately, it's also for those that need it in their hearts and their spirits. So, and for some reason, you were highlighted to me, Dale. Um, when you were worshiping and not for the oil and not for the hard heart or anything like that but I was um, you were just highlighted and I felt God's pleasure over you I just felt like the smile of the Father over you so I don't know That's I know that's very generic and I don't want to read into it but I just felt like God was seeing you worship and I just happened to glance over and see it and I just felt like God's heart was so pleased to see you as his son worshiping your father God so I'm not going to read into that but that was for you he was smiling over you anybody else it's okay we usually take lots of time and you know we usually have David and Kara and Christian so, you know, there's lots of lots of encouragement, prophetic uh, juice flowing in the room. But I believe that as we move forward this evening into what we have next is going to be just as prophetic, just as much of an impartation. So I just want to, even now, I want to encourage you guys. I want to encourage you guys to just... <clears throat> The, the presence of the Lord is here. You know, there is nowhere on this planet that you can go to escape his presence. The psalmist said, if I was to go to the highest heights of the heavens, or if I was to go to the deepest depths of the ocean, 
Even there you will see me, you will find me. In him we live and move and have our being. He is huge. Our Father, our Creator God, is vast. He's, he's bigger than we could ever comprehend. And He's always with us and He sees everything. There's nothing that is hidden from His eyes. He knows what you need. He knows your concerns. And He has intent to, to supply everything you need. And it's, it's in, in Him supplying there's this drawing of your spirit close to his heart. Let me reword that. It's not necessarily a drawing of, of near physically or, or a distance. And act, you know, we think of things linear, miles, distance. In, in God, there is no distance. If he's here right now, then he's here. So when we say we are going to draw near to him or he's drawing us close to him and he's drawing near to us, it's actually something that's happening in revelation of, of what's real, what's now. You're going to hear this tonight again, but Bill Johnson likes to, what he used to say a, a lot, still probably says that the only closed heaven over a believer is between their ears. When we get that revelation that there is no distance that heaven is accessible right now. Like he's closer than my skin. He's closer than my breath. He's right here right now. And as the veil gets lifted, as revelation takes place in our mind and in our spirit, the veil starts to lift and we, we begin to realize the, the closeness of God. And that's when so much is received, so much is, is uh, brought into us that changes us. As we encounter God, as we encounter Him in, in these moments, in these times of worship, in these times of ministering to one another where the tangible presence breaks in and you sense Him, you feel Him, it was already there all along. When you leave this room tonight and you drive home, He's with you. He's in you. He's, he's in your vehicle. He's, he's on you. He's, he lives inside of you. He's preserving you. He is releasing. I'm going to prophesy this right now. He is releasing life into your physical bodies. Holy Spirit who is in you is releasing life into your physical body right now. He is releasing the power to dissolve cancer, to dissolve heart issues, to dissolve migraine issues, wherever they come from, whatever it is that, that is in your body that is against that healing, he is against that. And greater is he who is in you to release that life into your body. He is your healing. Jesus is the bread of heaven. And that bread that he, he became for us is the healing of our bodies. You and I just consumed a token of the bread of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, a, a portion. That is for the healing of our bodies. That is for the freedom that he wants for us. We, we pull on it over and over for the rest of our lives until we cross through that veil and we see him face to face. But until that time comes, which I pray is a long time off for all of us in this room, 
every single one of us. In fact, I'm gonna just declare right now, you shall live and not die, but you shall fulfill all of the days that God has ordained for you that he has written in his book. Thank you, Lord. I'll, I'll speak it over myself. He has, he, he will fulfill, I will live out all the days that he has planned for me. He has written your life. He has written your book. The enemy would come to kill, to steal, and destroy, but he has come to give you life, life abundantly. He has come to give you power and authority and grace and wisdom and direction and revelation, everything you need for life, for godliness, as you walk with Jesus. So that's my preach. I didn't know I was going to squeeze one in there, but Tammy's got Are you guys okay? Are you ready for this? I think the only person that missed out on what's going to actually happen was Jill, because you got here right as worship was was happening. Um, tonight is a treat for me. It's it's a treat from me, but only because I put it together. It's actually a treat for me and you guys to listen to someone else besides myself. See, I get tired of hearing me too. Sometimes. not. No, seriously, I, I do get tired of talking. Some, sometimes by the end of a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, I am wiped out. But tonight, I get a feast with y'all. And we're going to listen to a message from Steve Backlund. That, did anyone hear last Sunday night's message from Steve Backlund? He listened. Oh, you did. Okay, so even if you got it in once, Tammy got half of it in. I got it in like twice already, almost three times. It is so good that I know that there's more for me to pull on, to pull from than what I've already received. So I wanna encourage you guys just to, to turn on your, open up your bucket of your spirit, open up, don't don't come with a thimble full and, and uh, just think that you're just gonna walk out of here with uh, a video preach. We watched a video preach. No, there's something powerful that's gonna happen in this meeting tonight as we, as we participate and receive. So I, I wanna just release freedom over us all tonight that we would participate in this message just as if we were there in the room. So if there's something to declare together, declare it. If there's an opportunity to stand for something that, that you can relate to, where they say, if you're in this room and this is you, stand up because we're here to pray for one another, even in the middle of a video message. Is that good? Are you guys okay? We're gonna go for it. No? Someone say no. All right. This is probably once, maybe twice a year thing that happens here. It's, I don't grab hold of every sermon that really just strikes me powerfully um, and then have us all watch it together. We did that with a Bill Johnson message a while back. That was back in like October, September, somewhere around in there. <clears throat> so this is going to be really good. It's going to rock you guys. It, it, is a, it is a bit hearty of a message. It's a, it's a bit... Of commitment. So if at some point tonight you are feeling like you have to go, then we just bless your travel home and you can always finish watching it. Um, but other than that, I'm going to say let's, let's go for it. You guys ready?
Yes, somebody just say fire. <laughs> say freedom. freedom. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. No, limits. no limits. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Anybody else just love Gabe Valenzuela? Anybody appreciate his message a few Sunday mornings ago? And yeah. Gabe, I just don't think you're running at enough Goliath, so. <laughs> I, just, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> I think I might have a, need a meeting with you to. <laughs> no, thanks for your leadership and thanks for the Sunday night team. Wow, what a, what a great team we have here. And, and just, uh, there's a revival spirit in the air. I love what, what Bill Johnson said. Anybody else like what some things Bill said? <laughs> I mean, one of them said, one of my favorite quotes of Bill is, instead of praying for a revival, why don't you just have one? <laughs> he also said, said, the only closed heavens are between your ears. Well, we got some powerful, we got some visitors here as well, some friends from people connected with us, and what a, what a great thing. I've got a, a wonderful team of staff and third years. Why don't you guys just stand up just right now, and yeah, just, uh, yeah, there's, we're going to activate a few of them here in a moment, and then, um, do we have any Bethel leaders? I work in the Bethel Leaders Network Department with Dave and Taff Harvey. Any of you here staff or third years, stand up if you're a part of that as well. Yeah. We, we just love what God's doing in the Bethel Leaders Network, and it's, a, it's the part of Bethel. Hey, I think we got a slide of that, a couple slides. Slide people. Uh, we're going <laughs> to, and, and if you're interested, if you're a leader and you want to just be equipped and connected with this culture and you're from outside uh, Reading area, uh, there's, I think there's another slide with a QR code as well. I want you to just leave that up just for a few minutes. And it's really exciting what the Lord's doing and networking like-hearted leaders together in such a way. Some of the I get to travel. I was in um, Caldwell, Idaho last weekend at a place called Valley Church. And the Lord, how many of you know the, the Lord, he's doing it around the world. It's amazing in traveling, watching the water levels been rising. It, it, it's uh, just, there's a fresh move of the Holy Spirit that's happening right now. There's a fresh move of the Holy Spirit with young people, with teenagers, uh, I, I'm seeing that, and I see a youth revival. <clears throat> There's a youth revival exploding right now, and it's, uh, it's going to increase. Hey, I've got three team members. We're going to do some quick uh, testimonies before I get into the message. Come, come on up. Those of you, i got uh, Rob, Will, and Angela. Yes. How many, anybody, you're like Testimonies. Yep, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy, and we have some, we have some good ones. Yes, 
We got the microphone here. Angela, is, uh, she works for Igniting Hope and Bethel Leaders Network. She did BSSM. Rob is from uh, South Africa by way of Hong Kong and now here. And Will is from Canada. Yes. Yes. Why don't you start us off with Angela with a testimony. What do you got? Who's ready for testimony time? <laughs> a few months ago, I was in Pendleton, Oregon at a women's retreat. And we did a fire tunnel. And this woman was 77 years old, walked through the fire tunnel and encountered the power of God for the very first time. I watched as this woman safely fell under the power of God. (laughs) When she came out of the fire tunnel, she went off to the side, sat in her chair. I went over and I said, what was that like? And she just kind of baffled her head and she says, everything finally makes sense. So right now, right now, if you are over the mature age of 70 years old, would you just stand? Over 70. Yes. Yeah. Right now, would you just extend your hands to these people? Right now, Lord, I just pray that you would encounter, encounter these children of yours with the power of the Holy Spirit. Would they be able to feel you? Would they be able to know you in deeper levels? Would you reignite their dreams? Would you reignite the fire that lives inside of them? We need you. The Lord is saying, we need you. He's not done with you, and we can't wait to partner with you. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, God wants you to abound. My mom was on a Zoom call um, a couple of years ago, digital missions. She joined a Zoom call. Um, She was getting prayed for. Um, She needed a knee replacement and and couldn't have one for some other reasons. And uh, they just prayed for her. And she just kind of stood up and she says, the pain's gone, the pain's gone. And, and all of a sudden, she, went, she works and she's got stairs at her office and she couldn't climb any stairs. And she went to work a couple of days later and she was just bounding up the stairs. So if, if you have or need a knee replacement or you have knee pain, God wants to release the knee pain from you today. And if you have that, you wanna just quickly stand. Just activate your faith. Yeah. Just stand, let's do that. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you that thank knee you, pa- Lord. Yeah, th- that knee pain is something yes. that was taken care of on the cross. The cross was enough, Lord. So we thank you that knee pain is in submission to the blood of Jesus, and we speak to every knee in this place, healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Someone needed that miracle tonight. <laughs> Wait a minute while the joy of the Lord settles over the room. Here's a testimony I've been sorting through from Igniting Hope. A lady was listening to our podcast. There was a specific revelation that hit her spirit with such force. She said, I felt two demonic spirits leave me. I didn't even know that was possible, she says. And as soon as those spirits left her, she felt joy filling her. She burst into laughter. And as she felt the joy and the presence of the spirit washed through her body, all of her pain and her chronic fatigue syndrome completely left her. Yeah. Yeah. And what I wanna do is just add faith tonight. God is upgrading faith, not just for a miracle right now, but as Steve preaches, as verses are being released, 
as revelations are loosed, God is raising your expectation for what can happen through the power of the preached word. Today, now is the time of salvation. In two weeks' time, at the end of this month, my mother is gonna be celebrating 21 years clean and sober. So right now, God is releasing. God is releasing freedom in the room. He's celebrating the progress and the things that you guys have let go of, but the things that are still, you feel like you can't get set free from. Deliverance is happening right now in the name of Jesus. Did you say 21 years? 21 years. 21 years from now, someone's going to testify that it started in this meeting. Yeah, he's the God of hope. I was uh, on a missions trip. We were, we were ministering in Jacksonville. I was walking with a man who lost his wife um, and was just sort of very hopeless and down. And you could see it written all over him. And the Holy Spirit just gently whispered, um, Rob, there's joy available. I put my arm around him and I just said, Brian, there's joy available. And just the joy of the Lord just hit him. He began laughing and laughing. We're in, we're in beach ministry in Jacksonville. He just laughed all the way to the car. He laughed all the way back to the meeting. He laughed through the meeting. His son was radically touched with joy and the whole meeting just broke out in joy. So I actually have a scripture quickly that I just wanted to share that I really felt the Lord on. And uh, Psalm 126 verse five, those who sow in tears shall harvest with joyful shouting. And I really just believe that's for anyone who is struggling with hope right now with a circumstance or something that you are dealing with, that he is here for you right now. He is the God of hope. Rob, is joy available? Joy is available. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Rob, I didn't hear that. Joy is available. In buckets. (laughs) Buckets. Some prophetic words, they feel like an insult. Here's one that I received. God is gonna take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Ouch, are you saying I have a hard heart? This was a woman who prophesied this over me. Um, I was a bit frustrated, a bit, uh, I didn't like that word. (laughs) Who wants to hear they have a hard heart? But I did. Years ago from being a child, I locked down my emotions, years without crying, and through a series of encounters, God broke open my heart. It's not a day that goes by without tears. I'm crying right now as I worship as I pray, as I encounter God's presence just in scripture alone. And there's people tonight that God is actually activating your emotions again. He's giving you a heart of flesh. He's taking your heart of stone. You know right now as I'm speaking that you've actually not been feeling, that you've been locked down, that you've not been tender towards the Lord. But tonight, God is restoring the joy of your salvation. God is giving you a new heart, a heart of flesh. Yeah. Just say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Amen. Give it up for the team here. Thanks, guys. Wow. My message tonight is is entitled, Will You Just Decide? Will You Just Decide? And and before I get into it, I just want to 
Just uh, give a quick bio on me. Uh, I met J Bill Johnson in 1991, pastoring a, a rural church in central Nevada near Las Vegas, and made the brilliant decision, and we're talking about decisions tonight. And by the way, decision-making isn't just uh, trying to stop negatives. The greatest decisions actually launch us into our, our prophetic destiny. I made a decision to invite Bill Johnson to my church of 30 people in 1991. <laughs> now, I, wa I wasn't a a anointed enough at that time, smart enough to make that, that good of a decision. And, and the Lord's going to make, have cause you to make decisions in this coming season that are way beyond what you think you're capable of. And you're going to look back and you're going to say, how did I do that? It's because God loves you so much because he believes in you. He believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And so, and then I pastored by, with my wife, Wendy. She was going to be here tonight, but she could not be here. But holy, her spirit's here. She's, uh, we're one. And uh, we pastored in Weaverville from 2001 to 2008, where Bill Johnson had pastored 17 years. And I had the privilege of Gabe Valenzuela as my youth pastor, associate pastor. And we, we had a great time, and he did such a powerful job. And uh, and then came here in 2008, and basically, I, I, I travel a lot. I love the body of Christ. I love the church. I love church leaders. I used to be able to uh, criticize senior leaders until I became one. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yep, the old Monday morning quarterback Steve <laughs> criticizing senior leaders. And um, I love the church. By the way, I just release an impartation over you to love the church. And just release a, a, a healing for any brokenness or hurt that you've experienced from the church. And, and, and that God will heal that. And just that you'll be able to trust again. And thank you for that. And, and we, my wife and I, we have a ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries. And we have an assignment to ignite hope. Uh, there, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances can't stay the same. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I and we have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present and that I and we have the power to help make it so. Hope is what energizes us. Hope is why Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream. I got a dream. He had hope that things would get better. And we got a long way to go, but he made a difference. He made a huge difference. And... You know, just hope, our, our hope level is, is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. Increasing hope in our lives is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth instead of lies. Decreasing hope in our lives is the evidence we're renewing our mind with lies instead of truth. And, and our hope level determines our influence level. 
He who has the most hope has the most influence. And even tonight, I mean, how many, this has been a good meeting tonight. Man, oh man, this has been a good meeting. Even tonight, there, there's an impartation of hope that's being released. And we've written a number of books. And matter of fact, uh, after this service tonight, and I'm going to be talking about this book, my most recent book, Fully Convinced, The Art of Decision-Making. And I'm actually doing a book signing after the service in the entryway by Hebrews. And this book is probably, in my opinion, the most important book I've ever written. And I've written a number of books, Victorious Mindsets, You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. (laughs) 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 Declarations, why do we do offering declarations? I wrote a whole book on that, the biblical reason for that. Wrote a book with Tracy Rice here called Declare It recently. Just it's powerful, igniting hope in 40 days, igniting faith in 40 days, uh, possessing joy. Let's just laugh at that. And it's a, it, it just, there's this joy and hope and all tie into being fully convinced. Now, I really, anybody else appreciate Chris's message this morning? Yeah. Some things. He said, faith is a fight. The righteous shall live by faith. He heard you've been, you've been too domesticated. Do the deeds you did at first. You thought I was building a business, but I am building a man. <laughs> Someone say amen to that. Yeah, I think, I think we're building a ministry. No, actually, I'm building you, Steve. <clears throat> what if the reason you are where you are right now is because of your faith? <laughs> mm-hmm. Faith is released in speech. We are coming into a season of incredible prosperity. Reading is going to be like a capital city. Whatever you got delivered from, you have power over. And when we think about beliefs, because what we believe is ultimately more important than what we do. What we do is important, but it's not as important as what we believe. That the kingdom is not moved forward by good behavior, it's moved forward by good beliefs. The old covenant was moved forward by good behavior. It was, it was about the law. The new covenant is moved forward by good beliefs. We're called believers. It should tip us off on what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> kind of makes sense. <laughs> That the question of the hour, even though we're going to be talking about decision-making, the greatest decisions we make is what to believe. And one of the greatest revelations that we can get is that we can choose what we're going to believe. I get to choose what I'm going to believe about me, who I believe I am, what I believe I can do. I get to choose what I believe about you, 
I get to choose what I believe about my future. So the, the, the question of the hour is not, Lord, what should, I, what should I do? The greater question is, Lord, what should I believe? What do you want me to renew my mind with in 2023? And I used to only renew my minds with, with my minds. <laughs> yeah. I used to only renew my mind with my feelings and past experience. That's all I came into agreement with. The Lord says, bummer for you, Steve. Bummer, because you're going to do a lot of laps in the wilderness. Because until you start renewing your mind with something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing, you're just going to repeat what you've always experienced. And so we have beliefs in five areas of life, and we're going to talk about one of them tonight, beliefs about decisions. We have beliefs about God. We have beliefs about ourselves. We have beliefs about people in our life and we beliefs about circumstances and we have beliefs about the decisions we've made and have made. Now this is this message is called will you just will you just decide? It really could be called buddy will you just decide? <laughs> I've got a, a if you can put the slide up that has our my dog buddy on it that talks about our ministry. <clears throat> that would be Wonderful. Now, by the way, my wife is wonderful. I'm going to pause for a moment. <laughs> we have a dog. His name is Buddy. And uh, he is <clears throat> a schnoodle mixture between giant schnauzer, standard poodle. And Buddy um, has many good qualities. <laughs> Has, but he has a couple issues. <laughs> and one of the issues is, is that if Buddy uh, is outside, we have a slider, glass slider door that comes into our kitchen, and, and, and Buddy will indicate that he wants in, either by barking or just standing there staring at us. <laughs> and so what we'll do as being good masters We'll move to the door and we'll open the door for Buddy. But here's the common thing. It probably happens about 75% of the time. He'll just stand there looking in the house. <laughs> and I can just imagine what's going on in Buddy's thinking. You know, the door is opened, but now I'm in doubt whether I should actually go in. <laughs> you know, because if I go in, I might miss something out here. Uh-huh. But if I stay out here, I may miss something like food in there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and sometimes I'll just say it, buddy! Will you just decide? I mean, hey, if you come in, just attach faith to it that you're supposed to be in 
and believe you're supposed to be in and just be in by faith. If you want to stay out, I bless you. You're powerful. You're powerful. You just stay out, believe you're supposed to be out there, and have a good time out there. <laughs> How many of you know the Lord speaks to us through things like that? We think it's just all about Buddy. It's actually all about me. I remember we had a cat named Dewey a few years ago, and, and um, we had a cat door for Dewey. But Dewey couldn't seem to figure out the cat door. <laughs> and I started um, speaking out negativity concerning Dewey. Yeah, I know, it's shocking. I'd say things like, Dewey's never going to get it. Dewey's just a dumb cat. <laughs> and I mean, these things, I know life and death is in the power of the tongue, but sometimes I forget. Sometimes I compartmentalize that truth. Mm-hmm. Ha-ha. <laughs> compartmentalize it just to areas that I think are more spiritual. The Lord says, Steve, that's dumb to say. I want you to start declaring life over Dewey. And amazing. I just started saying, he's, man, he's a smart cat having a non-smart cat experience. <laughs> he's going to get it. He's going to get it. He's going to, and it's amazing. The next day, he figured it out. <laughs> Lord's saying, hello. <laughs> so, Steve, will you just decide? Man, will you decide whether you really actually believe you're righteous or not? Just decide. Just decide. Will you decide whether you believe you're powerful or not? Will you um, decide how you're going to think about that difficult relational situation? Will you just decide? Will you, you know, one day you're this, another day you're that. And, you know, when we, we talk about decision-making, and I want to just give you just a few um, quotes that are important to me in, in decision-making. Uh, one, is a bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt? Let me say that one again. A bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. I'm not saying sin in faith. Go rob a bank in faith. But... So many decisions that we make don't have a clear God command in Scripture. We don't hear an audible voice. We do the best job we know how to do in, in, in determining what the Lord wants, and, and, and then we need to decide and attach faith to it. Cheerfulness is a main evidence we've attached faith to what we are doing. 
Cheerfulness is a main evidence that we've attached faith to what we're doing. How we make decisions is more important than the decisions we make. Now, we may stumble into some good decisions, but those who've got a good process of decision-making will make, will make higher-level decisions, will make catalytic decisions. The anxiety of not knowing what to do is a bigger problem than not knowing what to do. The anxiety of not knowing what to do is a bigger problem than not knowing what to do. What the Lord's going to have us do, he's going to have us go to the root of that anxiety first. And sometimes, you know, I'm saying, Lord, I want an answer. (laughs) And he says, Steve, you know, because when we get into decision-making mode, I've noticed this, the Lord often doesn't, doesn't seem to be clarity because he wants to deal with me. Because I'm, 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 I'm perking my ear at a higher level. What are you saying, Lord? But then he's, he goes after some roots in me. Fear, anxiety, double-mindedness, doubt. And then many people's tiredness is because they have not attached faith to what they are doing. and are doing what they are doing in doubt or out of duty. I think I'll read that one again. Mm -hmm. Many people's tiredness is because they have not attached faith to what they are doing and or they're doing it because they're doing it in doubt or out of duty. Now, I want to just give you some, just a few foundational things on decision-making, and then we're going to, I want to give you one truth tonight that I believe is going to change your life. You ready for it? The, the average adult makes 35,000 decisions every day. <laughs> and most of them are not consequential. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I choose what coffee cup to choose. And, and, and many of them are like that, but some, some are obviously more serious. Uh, where are we going to live, major financial pur- purchases, uh, etc. cetera. Um, there's two extremes in the kind of people who make decisions. One, uh, I, w- I would call the feeling-based impulsive decision maker. And these are passionate and wholehearted but often do not consider the consequences of their decisions. And, and there's, there's some, this is really good. How I many you know Peter, uh, he didn't think, he said, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come when he walked on water. I mean, Peter was impulsive. And, and, and some of us need to get a little bit more bold, step out of the boat. Chris talked a lot about that today. But, I'll, but how, many, how many have ever made a feeling-based decision and kind of regretted it? Mm-hmm. That's one extreme. The other extreme is what I would call the perfectionistic or religious-minded decision-maker. 
<laughs> the religious mindset decision maker. And this would probably be most or more would fall into this category of being a sincere believer who's regularly double-minded and in doubt about what we're doing. Wendy, my wife, has had to struggle with me in decision-making for a long time. But I've struggled because I've wanted to just please the Lord so much. It has to be perfect, this decision, and I might be wrong. Am I, you know, and so I'm just in this place of, uh, of deciding but still having a little bit of doubt like a dripping faucet in the back of my spirit. This may not be right. You may be wrong. And, you know, and the devil would share with me, you know, verses out of the Old Testament like, Steve, your, your heart is desperately wicked. And, you know, uh, yeah, who can know it? And there's a, there's a way that seems right unto a man. But, but, the end, but the end of that way is death. And, you know, and I, I'm meditating on those. And then I get myself in this. I don't know if this is right, Wendy. And Wendy's much more simple about it. Hey, we did the best job we knew how. We believe God said this. If God wants to... Tell us something else. He, he can do it. Let's do it, Steve. <laughs> Steve, will you just decide? <laughs> Whew. Now, a couple of verses to start off. My book's called Fully Convinced, The Art of Decision-Making. And it really talks about a lot about attaching faith. I use that language a lot, attaching faith to who we are and what we do. And, and by the way, um, Kenneth Copeland, I remember when I was pastoring in, in Nevada in the 90s, and I had about 10 families in my church, and three of them were word of faith. Word of faith, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagan. And all I knew, all I had heard up to that point was uh, word of faith people were bad. That's all I had heard. And so I thought, well, how many of you know it's easy to criticize people if you don't hear their story? <laughs> I've had pastoring people where I, I, mm, I was kind of frustrated with them, you know, about some things, but then I heard their story. And when you hear somebody's story and when you're willing to ask questions and when you're willing to pursue rather than just judge from the grandstands, it's going to do a lot. It's going to get rid of a lot of our criticism. But I was still a young leader, and, and so I thought, well, these were the faith people. They're bad. So um, uh, before I rebuke them and, and straighten them out... <laughs> I think I'll read up a little bit, you know, and get some ammunition. Ha <laughs> ha. How many of you ever heard of Jehovah Sneaky? I started reading, and 
these were the faith people. This was, you remember that ancient form of communication called cassette tapes? I mean, these people had boxes of cassette tapes by Kenneth Copeland. Boxes of them. And they, they would bring me over boxes. Hey, uh, Pastor, I think you'll, you need to listen to this. <laughs> I said, well, okay, I'll start listening. Mm-hmm. Man, started, Wendy and I started listening and something happened to us. We said, these guys actually believe the word. They actually believe the word. And I mean, the, the twin towers of the faith movement are, are God wants you well and, and he wants you to walk in abundance. Now, people have mis, misapplied that. People have gone off on extremes. But how many of you know you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater? I mean, every great truth in its beginning and release is going to be messy going to have extremes. It's going to take those who are discerning and not just reactive to air, but say, okay, God, I don't like that about it. I don't like this. I don't like that. But what are you saying? What are you saying? And God was saying something through that. And he's still saying something through that. And we got rocked, Wendy and I. And I like to say our ministry, Igniting Hope, is a combination of the word of faith, Bill Johnson, and Toronto. <laughs> we got, we went up to Toronto blessing and and I'll tell you, you know, something happened in our lives, in our leadership, and the way we think, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful. And, and, and just the, the, the belief piece and believing right and getting our doctrine right, getting our declaration, our confession in line with what God's saying rather than with, with what our experience is saying is, is so incredible. And so these verses, let me just, uh, in Romans 4.20, it says this, talking about Abraham. But he, he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Just say, I'm giving glory to God. We, 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 we grow in our faith. He grew strong. We grow in our faith by focusing on him and not ourselves, focusing on his goodness. And fully convinced, this is Romans 4.21, say fully convinced. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And so Abraham, who's Abraham, who be, Abram became Abraham, he was on a journey to be fully convinced. And he became fully convinced about who God said he was and what he promised him. And one of the, when we're sanctified, sanctification is becoming conformed into the image of Christ. One of the things that is going to happen to us in sanctification is we're going to be, become fully convinced. Being conformed in the image of Christ isn't just behavioral, it's in our beliefs and thinking. Our thinking is going to go higher. Just say, my thinking's going higher. And then it says in Romans 14, 5, it says, one person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike, 
let each be fully convinced in his own mind. Say fully convinced. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. It's talking about, basically talking about Sabbath. By the way, Romans 14 is such a powerful, powerful chapter. I mean, it's a, somebody in the room is going to memorize Romans 14. It's going to bring breakthrough. I mean, verse 23 of Romans 14 says, whatever is not a faith is sin. Whatever is not a faith, the word sin is an archery term, means missing the mark. Whatever's not a faith will miss the mark in our lives. But we go back to verse 5. It says to be fully convinced. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. You know, Sabbaths. You think, well, it's this day. Or some says, oh, Sabbaths every day. He says, ah, be fully convinced in your own mind. So two people could have a different opinion on something like that that's not clearly outlined in Scripture and both be right. Mm-hmm. Someone just go, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> but but doubt is doubt and double-mindedness is a crippler of great influencers. Wherever we're in doubt or double-mindedness, we're open season to the enemy. Whether it's a decision we've made, whether it's a doctrine we have, where that, that brings an instability within our lives. Now, I want to just, I'm going to give you uh, a few traits of great decision makers, and then I want to get into this whole, we'll close with just being fully convinced. All right, here's some traits. I'll give you, I'm going to give you at least six, maybe more. Here we go. Uh, great decision makers, number one, they are born again and honor the Bible. <laughs> you know, I don't need to say a lot about that, but I've never made a decision uh, in line with Scripture and said, wow, I wish I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> number two, Great decision makers believe they are great decision makers. Just say, I am a great decision maker. Now, I like to laugh at lies because laughter is a powerful spiritual weapon that breaks off the absurdity of getting our beliefs from the past. It's a, it's a weapon that, that disempowers lies, creating our, our negative strongholds. So I want you to laugh at this lie right here. Okay, you guys ready? And I wanted you to give a hearty laugh on this one. You should not believe you are a great decision maker until you see evidence in your life of great decision making. No, we can't consistently do what we don't believe we are. We cannot consistently do what we don't believe we are. This whole faith thing is not 
so much about getting things, you know. Yeah, amen, I'm, I'm confessing a two Cadillacs. Well, okay. We, we bless you that. Maybe God told you to do that. But most of the greatest uh, declarations and confessions is about our own identity. That's, that's where the strongest ones are because that breaks the strongholds. That breaks the self-limiting beliefs that we have that's blocking what God wants to do in our lives. Just say, I am a great decision maker. Because the nature of faith is that you believe and then see. I mean, it sounds so simple, but I missed it. I only believed after I saw. <laughs> Number three is they know when not to make a decision. Great decision makers know when not to make a decision. I know. Um, um, when you're angry and bitter, it's not a good time. If you're not feeling well, it's not a good time. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, you, if, you're, if you're just running from things, it's not a good time. I just release over you grace to know when it's just not a good time to make decisions. Ha, <laughs> ha. turn to your neighbor and say, that's, that's a good word for you. <laughs> Number four, number four, they have, a, they have vision and purpose for their lives. Great decision makers have vision and purpose for their lives. Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a prophetic vision, my people cast off restraint. And, and, and vision and purpose takes our decision making higher. We're just trying to play defense all the time and, and just prevent bad things from happening rather than moving towards something and making a difference in the world, our decision-making will not be at a high level. Number five, they have good people influencing them. Great decision-makers have good people influencing them. It says in, in Proverbs 13, 20, uh, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Who we hang out with, who we allow to influence us, what we feed on is going to greatly determine the level of decision-making that we'll have. That's why I love this culture at Bethel. I, I love it because, man, I, I hear a message like this morning, you hang out with eagles, you become an eagle. I mean, there, there are some negatives. You're hanging out with a lot of eagles. It shines a light on your non-eaglehood. <laughs> I mean, my non-eaglehood in so many areas, man, I got, there's so many eagles around here. I mean, you got eagle evangelists. You got, you know, you got eagle healers. You got eagle, you know, prophetic people. You got eagle finance people. And again, that that can create doubt in who I am. That can create doubt, and I don't even know that it's, it's a negative in my life rather than a positive. And I just break off uh, using negative comparison 
to create any identity beliefs about you. Number six is they clarify their options and believe wisdom is coming. I'll talk more about that. They, they clarify their options and believe wisdom is coming. Number seven is they have a God story for what they conclude to do. They have a God story for what they conclude. The greater the risk we take in life is the greater the God story we need. And then number eight is they attach faith to their decisions. They attach faith to their decisions. And, and when you attach faith to your decisions, something powerful happens. And so in the book, uh, this book, Fully Convinced, I have eight chapters, and we have a course that goes along with it that uh, I'll mention at the end. But the chapters... The first chapter is the epidemic of doubt, insecurity, guilt that, that many Christians face, just of being, feeling guilty. Uh, I'm not doing enough. Uh, I, I'm not enough. I'm, I, I'm not giving enough. I'm not serving enough. I don't uh, pray enough. I don't read the Bible enough. And Steve, will you just decide... Will you decide what you're going to do? You're powerful. And, and yet I've lived so much of my life. I drive by the guy who has a sign, wants money, and, and I won't give, and I'll, I'll, I'll drive by in guilt. And he says, the Lord just says, I'm, that thing, you can't take that thing with you where you're going. You can't. And so that's the, the first chapter. The second chapter is the power of beliefs. Some of my best content on beliefs. And, and beliefs are powerful. <laughs> Woo! I mean, Jesus, according to your faith, so be it. Woo! The guy in Mark 9, father's son throwing himself into the fire and water, says, Jesus, if you can do something, and Jesus, if I can do something, all... Jesus says, all things are possible. Say all things. all things. All things are possible to him who believes. And then the man says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I get it, but man, can you please help? I need help. I know the problem's not your willingness. The problem is what can I believe for? And, and, and that's, that's my attitude. Whoo! Thank you. And he's the author and finisher of my faith. He's the author and finisher of my beliefs. So I get excited how he's going to finish it. And then chapter three, the fully convinced in key areas of our lives. Chapter four, the art of decision making. Uh, chapter five, attaching great faith to everything we do. Six, empowered towards great decisions. Seven, limitless living. And, and chapter eight is breaking out of the pack. Just say, I'm breaking out of the pack. And what I love about the Lord is he's an equal opportunity God. <laughs> he, he hasn't predestined any of us for mediocrity. Yeah, he hasn't predestined any of us in our future. Well, you know, we're just going to give Steve just a mediocre future. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nobody's past can stop them, but current beliefs can. The past in itself doesn't have the power to stop anything. But the conclusions that I make based on the past do. All right, let's get, in, let's get into this decision-making. And, and just really... Um, we look at the areas that we need to say, obviously there's big decisions and some of you right now are making big decisions. You're, 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 and, and, and the Lord has you listening to this message because he loves you and he's just gonna equip you even, even more. But we're all making decisions. I got family situations where uh, I've just gone back and forth, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I should do. I feel a regret for things and it's, and God just said, okay, I need you to decide how you're going to believe. The first question is what you're going to believe about this and then what you're going to do about it. And it has to be in that order. We, some of you have got financial, really big challenges financially. Maybe debt, maybe bad decision, maybe whatever. You lost your job. Okay, but what are you going to believe about it, number one? And you got all kinds of options. Well, I can believe I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you put it out there, what we can decide to believe, it becomes powerful. I, I, I just didn't do that. I just had this running emotion thing out, but I, I never clarified, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm deciding I'm gonna do this. Um, some of us have, you know, frustration maybe with a boss or coworkers. Let's just laugh at that, by the way. <laughs> hey, just decide. Just decide. Now, here's how I make decisions. I, I clarify my options. All right? I, I look at a situation, and I say, all right, I can do option A, option B, option C, whatever it is. You know, maybe it's moving somewhere. Maybe it's uh, how you, you have a difficult relationship and you can say, okay, here's one option of how I can handle it. Here's another option of how I can handle it, another one. And then you put under each option the logical reasons why that is a good, good option or not a good option. Then you put in there any God stories or any wisdom, wisdom in a multitude of counselors, leaders, you got the good people in your life, means you actually have people speaking into your life. And what are they saying? All right? And then you ask God for wisdom. And when you ask God for wisdom, he gets excited. James 1.5 says, if any man lacks wisdom, if any man doesn't know what to do, any man needs ideas, let him ask of God who gives generously and without finding fault. He's not saying, man, how, you're, how come you're asking me? You're bothering me. <laughs> but listen, that's what it says in verse, but listen to what it says in verse six. But let him ask in faith. Say in faith. I used to not like that verse. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Man. Don't doubt wisdom's coming. Just say wisdom's coming. 
I'm so excited that the Lord's going to tell me. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Good job there. I kind of messed that one up. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of a sea tossed to and fro by every wind, every emotion, every new set of circumstances. Oh, yeah, okay, now, boom, I got, okay, now I'm believing that. I thought I was getting better, but I thought, guys, that was a good direction, but now something bad's happened, I'm not sure. <laughs> For he who doubts, it says, like, wait, see, it says, and then it says, these encouraging words, and let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord, <laughs> for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> Thanks for that encouragement, because that's me. Because I don't believe I'm going to know. And he said, I want you to go after that thing. I want you to go after that belief system that says that you, but let, let's, just, let's just laugh at a few more lies. Um, you are spiritually deaf. Other people hear God uh, more easily than you. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Yep, let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> it's coming. Wisdom's coming. Wow, I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait what the Lord's going to tell me. Can't, can't wait to how, you know, uh, what he's going to say. It's like when I order a package uh, and I get a tracking number. As soon as I see the tracking number, I release my faith over the tracking number. Anybody else do that? Yeah, amen. I, I, I believe. I believe. It's coming. It's coming. I see it. I believe. That's what the Lord's doing with us right now. We got a James 1-5 tracking number. He says he's going to give wisdom liberally, generously. It's coming. Man, I'm going to know. Man. I'm going to know what to do about that financial thing. I don't like it. But I'm going to know what to do. And then you ask God for wisdom, and then you go open for God stories, and you put God stories in there, prophetic words, dreams. Come to church, you hear things, you just, wow. And then, and then you, 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 get a, you get a decision. And most decision-making is concluding. Say concluding. It's concluding. Most decision-making is you, you look at the options, you look at what God's saying, and then you conclude. I believe the Lord's saying this. I believe he's saying this. And then you attach faith. If it's a big decision, I do things like this, and I say, Lord, uh, I, I'm, 
I am deciding to do this. Father, I want, I want to let you know. Hmm? I'm concluding this is how you're leading. And if it's a big decision, I'll say I'll give you one week to change my mind. And you can't change my mind through negative circumstances or negative emotions. You can only change my mind through another God story. And then I attach faith. I say, I believe God wants me to do this. Mm -hmm. I believe, I believe, wants me to do this. And then you say, well, can you change your mind down? Yeah, he can. I, I tell you, you can change my mind. But I'm not just jumping back and forth with what I'm believing and what I'm doing just every week. You know, I got a new thing. I'm saying, hey, listen, Lord, you, you can do it. But you're, uh, if I begin to doubt again, I'm going to re-clarify my options. I'm going to go through the whole process again. And then I'm going to conclude. Now, here's the last verse I want to give you. And I've shared this. Some of you have heard this lately, but it's been really impacting me. In 2 Corinthians 9, it says, it's the great giving chapter, and it says, but each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. That's one of the most empowering verses in the whole Bible. Man, what? You trust me to decide in my heart? That's a sign you're moving from a slave to a son. It's a sign that you're actually growing up. I don't, I don't expect my adult children to phone me. Uh, Dad, uh, I need, I'm, I'm looking in my closet today. And will you please give me a command of what shirt I'm to wear? Let's laugh at that. <laughs> hey, you're powerful. You decide. And the, the more we grow is the more we'll decide, the more God will trust you. You say, well, man, that sounds kind of scary. Well, the greatest truths in the Bible have the greatest potential for abuse. But we don't, we don't run from those truths just because somebody might abuse them. So it says each one must give. As he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The, the principle there is that God loves a cheerful decider. That's the principle. Cheerfulness is one of the main evidences we've attached faith to what we're doing and who we are. And because... We decide how much we're going to give in energy for something, how much passion, how, what we're going to give in causes. And there's really, there, there's different ways we can do things. We can do things out of duty and obligation. Somebody say boo. boo. That's doing things reluctantly and compulsion. It, what that means is 
I don't want to, but I have to. Some people do their marriages that way. Some people do their jobs that way. Some people do their finances that way. I'm trapped. I'm trapped. Yeah, I'm trapped. I, 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 I'm stuck. No, I say, hey, Steve, will you just decide? Will you go through the process and decide? You're powerful. The Bible calls it, when we do things out of duty, a dead work. A dead work. A dead work is anything that we haven't attached faith to. <laughs> little delayed reaction in that section over there. I, I don't know. If maybe, maybe it takes a while for the sound to get over there. <laughs> it's interesting. Hebrews 6, 1, uh, 6, 1, 2, and 3 talks about the elementary principles of the kingdom. And the first, there's six of them. The first one is repentance from dead works. Faith towards God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. But the first ones, repentance from dead works. By the way, tonight is a repentance from dead works meeting. So that's one way I can do it. I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. <laughs> Second way is we can just do it in doubt. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure I should be here. Not sure I should be in the school. Not sure I should be at this job. Not sure I should buy this thing. Not sure I should be under this leader. Not sure I should be at Bethel. <laughs> in doubt. Wherever we're in doubt, it's open season for us. It's hunting season. When I'm in doubt, my picture's on the tree. Hunting season for Steve. Because <laughs> the devil, the devil is just, I'm just, I'll be moved to and fro by emotions and circumstances. I'll have no stability in me. The third way we can do things is through passivity. I'm just showing up. Hope it's a good meeting. Going home tonight, hope things are good at the house. Hope Buddy's behavior is better. <laughs> We're waiting to see what happens. I hope 2023 is a good year. I hope. No. When you attach faith, 2023 is going to be the best year of my life. And in the last way we, we, we can do something is by attaching faith. We do it in faith. And that's really the, the essence of being fully convinced. The art of decision-making is that we've decided. As a young leader, I said, I can't wait until I do something great for you. And the Lord said, Steve, instead of waiting to do something great for me, why don't you attach great faith to what you're doing now, and it will become great. I'm not waiting. 
I had to learn this stuff out in the desert when I was hardly influencing anybody. And I said, I'm, I'm a great leader. I'm, we're leading a great work out here. We're changing the world. I'm going to impact nations. I'm a nation impactor. And I started attaching faith to some things that were ridiculous. And that's, that's the fourth way. And anytime we attach faith to what we're doing, to our assignments, to our callings, to our responsibilities, when I attach faith, I get energy, cheerfulness, and power. I get energy. Someone say energy. energy. I get cheerfulness. Say cheerfulness. cheerfulness. And I get power. power. And I'll say it again. A lot of people's tiredness is because they're not attaching faith to what they're doing. They're doing things out of doubt or double-mindedness or out of duty and obligation. And I, I have a message for you tonight. That thing's going. And I, you know what I'm hearing in my spirit tonight? <laughs> I, I'm hearing that nobody is here by accident. Nobody's listening to this message by accident. Nobody's on YouTube tonight by accident. Because decision-making is one of the most important aspects of our spiritual journey. It's one of the most important aspects of our spiritual journey is decision-making and coming to the place of being fully convinced. And I'm not fully convinced about everything. I'm still, there's some areas I'm doubting, some areas where I'll go back and forth, but they're becoming a lot less. They're becoming a lot less because I'm, I am a person who, I, you know, how many of you know we don't want to waste time here on earth? I, I want to do this and just before we close. If you are in a major, if you're, making, if you're right now, you're just in a place where you're making a big decision in your life. Just stand up right now. Where you're just in a space, a, a big transition. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow. Big decisions. I've got a word for you. You're going to know what to do. I've got a word. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I, I break off anxiety concerning that. I release just right now a gift of faith over you. And I release to you an impartation of an upgrade in your beliefs that you'll know what to do and be empowered by God to do it. It's not just knowing what to do. He provides the grace to do it. And I'll say this, like I tell my dog, just be patient with me out there. I say, <laughs> I see him out there just struggling, indecision and doubt. I see it. 
And, and, and I just say, buddy, will you just decide? But I want to say this. I'm not going to be, not going to say exactly those words. But I'm going to say over you that you are going to decide. And you are in a season of breaking out of doubt, double-mindedness, indecision, uh, and, and, and uh, just going back and forth or not even clarifying that you are in a place of needing to make a decision and what to believe and then what to do. I, I just speak over you that grace is being released to you right now. Just say right now. Grace is being released over you right now for breakthrough in that decision that you are, are, are standing for right now. But most importantly, that God is putting a peace in you that he's going to do it. And you are going to see, and you're going to conclude, and you're going to attach faith, and it's going to bring breakthrough first in you, and then it's going to bring breakthrough in the circumstance. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Just give the Lord a shout of praise. Yes. I attached faith to the choice to play this for all of us tonight because I knew it was an hour minutes long. But we're sacrificing some of our fellowship time because if you know when you have to go and you've made a decision when you're going to go, maybe you go back and forth and doubt. And yeah, so the backlands, I don't know if you've picked up on maybe a little snippet here and there of some of the things that, that come out of us occasionally like what we believe about God and others, our circumstances, ourselves. But um, we've been, we've received so much from Steve and Wendy Backlund over the years. We've been at conferences where they were uh, speaking in person. We have a prophetic word from them on our stash of pr prophetic words. Um, we used to have that book declarations out all the time, but then they were gone. So I have 10 copies no, excuse me, I gave one away. Nine copies of declarations. Thank God it didn't show up as declarations because the last time I ordered a box of them, it was the Spanish version, and they all went to the Dominican Republic with us. So if you need a copy, want a copy, if you don't just take a copy to stick on a shelf if you don't plan on reading it. If you really are hungry to find declarations that will change your circumstances in various areas, then just pop your hand up and Tammy will give you a copy. Other than that, once the book handout, we're, we're going to stick the rest of the books on the counter over there with the, the Bill Smith, um, When Heaven Invades Earth book. Other than that, we're going to just have a moment to stand, and we're going to pray, and then we'll actually dismiss, but we'll stick around as long as you guys want to hang out. So, All right, so Jesus... Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. I just pray that the power of your word and that message would go deep tonight. That we would, would, Holy Spirit, you would bring to remembrance those tools, those truths, as we come face to face with important decisions, that we would learn to practice uh, choosing to do things with faith. God, we, we thank you for the power of your word and the power that you have entrusted to us to make good decisions. And so we thank you for that. We just bless everyone in this room tonight. And uh, we just say, 
Let this week be a fruitful, productive week filled with cheerfulness and hope in Jesus' name. Amen.